Colorado State's coach Jay Norvell returned to Reno after deciding to depart the Nevada Wolfpack head coaching position the previous year. His winless Colorado State crew came to Reno looking for their first win and instantly threw an interception on their first possession. Nevada kindly returned the favor by immediately throwing an interception and the Rams ran it back for a touchdown. On the next Rams drive, the QB quizzically and questionably chucked another ill-timed interception. Nevada attempted to drive to counter the Colorado State lead and the Wolfpack running back perplexingly pitched the pigskin towards the posterior placed quarterback. While the ball balanced in the air, a Rams defender picked it from midair and nimbly negotiated the now Nevada defenders dashing into the end zone for an unexpected 14-0 Rams lead. Nevada negotiated a lengthy, long, drawn-out 17-play 99-yard drive to cut the Colorado State lead in half before halftime. Midway through the fiercely fought fourth quarter, Nevada notched a tying touchdown and the student set off countless confetti cannons cluttering the camera shot. Colorado State's QB only had 28 yards passing before their final drive and somehow summoned the strength to string together 41 yards of passing to get the Rams ready in field goal range. Colorado State had a 48-yard kick to win the game. The Rams kicker missed the chance to win, but Nevada nicked the kicker who astoundingly acted his way to a timid tumble topping tediously over the prone pack players drawing a precarious penalty. The Colorado State kicker capitalized on the second chance converting the 43-yard kick to give the Rams their first win of the season. Colorado State 17, Nevada 14. Welcome everyone to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our recap of week six. As always, I'm Jordan. I'm the VP of who knows what anymore. I just keep adding jobs. I'm like an intern. With me tonight, as always, is Commissioner Escalante, who still is longing for the land of enchantment. And our special guest tonight is Michael. Michael, how are you doing tonight? Exhausted. Um, Turns out having two kids under 18 months old is very, very tiring. Yeah, that's that's a a lie. You were in Las Vegas. I know you were in Vegas (laughs) watching BYU and Notre Dame. So don't 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 lie to us like that. (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't lose the newborn at a craps table. That's that's a good move. Couldn't couldn't wager her. They they didn't accept that. <laughs> oh, I mean the the Luxor had to change that policy, so I have no idea. You know, oh, yeah, giving yeah. up kids to the the mighty light pyramid out in Vegas. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the sun, the Ra, the sun god did not uh, did not approve. <laughs> Appeased too many times. That's why the summer was so hot. Exactly. Uh huh. And too many too many planes blinded by that giant light going in and out of uh, McCarran. <laughs> Kamish, how was your weekend? Uh, it was it was fun. I, I watched a lot of football. I mean, God, Friday was fantastic. I mean, it was probably the best. It was like four games, and they were all awesome yeah. uh, in their own way. Saturday was fantastic, too. I, I think, um, like, in the morning was relatively slow, I, I guess. But the the afternoon picked up, and then the evening was just basically the nightcaps. I, were just I don't know what you're talking amazing. about. The morning being slow, man. Texas, okay, we'll talk later. Kansas TCU <laughs> was an absolute uh, banger. Oh no, no, no! I, I'm just saying, like the majority of the games uh, in the morning were not necessarily um, quality. I would say, <laughs> but that's I mean, our stuff. I mean, there is, <laughs> yeah. there is, there there was one shutout I can think of that I guess we'll have to talk about a little later. You know, Uh-oh. just Uh-oh. You know, a little a team that. The Uh-oh. forlorn team 
I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble this episode. Oh, I'm gonna man. do it right now. Again, I'm two I'm two, I'm two drinks in. Uh-oh. And I was, having a, good, here it I was comes. having a good day. I was having a good here day comes, on Saturday morning. Here comes that that longhorn you, bravado coming out. You oh can just God. hear it. Like, oh, I mean, he's got good. it. He's got he's got good. It. There was there was only one team in Division One football that scored zero points <laughs> this weekend. Zero. I don't I don't know who that was. No I idea. Know. No clue. Yeah, I didn't even need to watch it, and uh, I, I heard many people speaking about I that. Can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> Before we go on to anything else, tonight we're joined by special guest Blue, who is here to talk about some HBCU drama between Jackson State and Alabama State. So at the end of the game, we saw some, it was a handshake that went in for a hug, but the hug got rejected, and tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, we've got two two teams here, uh, Jackson State Tigers and the Alabama State Hornets. Uh, they're uh, SWAC rivals. They play uh, yearly, and um, Alabama State has a brand new head coach. This is Eddie Robinson Jr., and as I'm sure some of you know, that is not the son of the great Grambling State head coach, Eddie Robinson Sr., um, who also has a son named Eddie Robinson Jr., but... Um, Eddie Robinson Jr., head coach of Alabama State, is an Alabama State alumni. Uh, he's a, he went there, was an all-swack player for Alabama State, and then went on to have a 10-year career in the NFL. Um, the head coach of Jackson State is the well-known, the magnanimous uh, Dion Sanders. We call him Coach Prime, Coach Sanders. Uh, those that want to mess with him just call him Dion. But um, he's in his uh, uh, third year as head coach of the Jackson State Tigers. And all week has been saying that uh, this is going to be a, uh, a gift. This is a money game for Jackson State. This is uh, basically we're going to roll in and that's going to be that. Um, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, HBCUs tend to have their homecomings later in the season than, than say, you know, your standard PWI, okay. your predominantly white institution. Um just for example, my alma mater, Norfolk State, our homecoming is 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 this coming Saturday. So ours is going to be on October 15th. Um, so for most people, that's, you know, in the second half of the season. Right. So after right. their sixth game or so. And what that means is homecoming games typically are against conference opponents. Um, and and that usually happens, obviously, with, with, with your PWIs as well. However, who you pick for homecoming tends to send a message um, for the HBC community. So some people, some some HBCUs, they take you know pride in going and, and playing on people's homecoming, giving an opportunity to ruin it. Norfolk State was in Baltimore. They played Morgan State, and they ruined Morgan State's homecoming. Other teams, you know. yeah, you know, Alabama State had theirs, and, you know, they had to eat it against maybe the best team in the SWAC. Um, so, you know, it just happens. I personally don't believe picking a team for homecoming is is any sort of insult. That's a that's a personal assessment. However, some teams they take it personal, like oh you you think you're gonna show out on us. And so when Jackson State figured out they were the the homecoming opponent for Alabama State, they said that's it. We're gonna you know this is an easy game for us, easy money. We're gonna insult you guys. And you know Dion being Dion, he really talked it up all week. Um, Coach Robinson isn't really a talker. Uh, he's a he was a linebacker. He was a defender. You know, he was all I'm gonna show you better than I can tell you. That's his mentality toward these types of things. 
And so that was, he, he kept it very to, to that point, very professional. Um, and then when game day showed up, when they were doing their walkthrough, uh, coach Sanders walked through literally, you know, he walked around the field and went as Alabama state was practicing. Uh, this is uh, a gamesmanship. So he's, seeing how their offense is setting up, what are they focusing on, how are they preparing, what should we be aware of. At the professional level, this happens all the time, and nothing is made of this. They, they hide it at the professional level. At the college level, that type of sophistication yeah. is not there, and, it, and we're talking FBS. So when you're talking FCS, that's definitely mm-hmm. not there. You know That type of sophistication to hide things is just... That's not how we think about things at the FCS level. We're trying to patch up last-minute holes you know, preparing for the game. Uh, so Coach Robinson had a lot of complaints. Now, I do want to kind of pull the curtain back a little further. Grambling went to Jackson State for their game earlier this year. And we all know about the Jackson water crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they didn't have any clean water at all. Jackson State football players were getting pulled off campus and taken to hotels for the week. They, they couldn't make ice. They couldn't make water. They couldn't make Gatorade. So they had to import, so to speak, to, to prepare for the team. In the middle of that game, that game was played at around 90 degrees Fahrenheit at the the height of the day. This is Mississippi heat. And in the middle of that game, Jackson State ran out of Gatorade to sell in the stands and concessions. So we've got people passing out in the stands and a lot of grambling fans, they they left the game. You know, their team's getting blown out. It's 100 degrees. You know, grandma's not taking the heat too well. There are a few... You know, anecdotal, but people were saying, my grandmother passed out at this game. You know, we we had to, for her safety, we had to leave. And at the end of that game, Coach Sanders made a point to say, look, Grambling, y'all can't take it. We get a big lead. Y'all running for the edges. And at the same time, this is oblivious to, at least in the minds of the Grambling fan, no water, you're at a Gatorade, it's 100 degrees. Look, we got to do for safety. So the SWAC being the conference that it is, they, they this is a very... This is an old conference. This is a conference with a lot of relationships. These schools have played each other, some of them going on a century, on and off. You know, we, you know, I come on, I try to stump for HBCU football, but we have rivalries like everybody else. We've played all of our rivals a long time and we have deep ties to these the same way. You know, you'll have one student go undergrad, then they'll go grad at a school within their conference locally or what have you. And so, Dion is seen as an outsider. I don't want to say that as, you know, I, I can't speak to it 100%. I'm a MEAC. You know, both of my institutions that I went to were MEAC schools. Um, but that being said, you know, Dion is an outsider to the HBCU family. They, he has been embraced by Jackson. They love him. He is a great coach. I think he's a phenomenal coach. But the other schools are looking at how he talks about HBCU ball, broadly speaking, how he talks about individual fan bases in the moment. And he starts to take issue. They, they've taken issue with that. And so all of that lead up is to, as you know, uh, Jordan said, that the handshake, everything was fine until Coach Sanders went in for the hug. And then Coach Robbins said, no, thank you. He pushed him. He tried to get away. Coach Sanders pulled on his arm. You know, they got into a scuffle. And then they asked him about it at the press conference, in which we get our great quote, he's not swack, I'm swack. And this is referring to, I played in the SWAC. I now coach in the SWAC. I have a lifetime in the SWAC. He's here for, you know, he's here for a good time, not a long time. 
And so that's that's kind of the the setting the scene for where we're at. That's a, that the context, especially of going back to like Jackson State, the game before what's going on in Jackson. I didn't know that. Thank you so much for bringing that because that's yeah. I just I didn't know any of that. That's why I wanted to have him on. I knew there was more to what occurred. I knew it wasn't just like one instance. And and honestly, I've never seen like like a hug canceled like mm-hmm. that. So, like, you know, you go in for the, the handshake and, and the dap, and then all of a sudden he's just like, he goes in for the hug, and it's just like, no, to the chest. It's like, no hug. And I'm like, I, I've never seen that before. Uh, if it was, like, warranted, it, it feels that way. And, and I understand how the Alabama State head coach feels that way. It, that's that's just something I just wanted to bring up because this is just something that's kind of interesting to us. We don't follow it as much as we should. And, you know, again, there's – uh, some, you know, deep ties, deep roots. And I mean, it, it kind of like the, the swag feels like maybe like the SEC or the Big Ten of like the HBCUs. And, and maybe that's the MIAC <laughs> is the Big Ten. I, I don't want to get too far into that. But <laughs> like it's like there is some old historical rivalries that we don't know about. And uh, I definitely do appreciate you coming on to explain it a little bit further. Blue, thank you so much. Thank you, Blue. Appreciate it. Thank you, Blue. Take it easy, man. Michael, you have been offline this weekend. First thing I wanted to start you off with here is there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Maybe I counted that wrong. I don't care anymore. I'm drinking. It's fine. There are a handful of undefeated teams left. Can you name them? All right. Well, I'm just going to start with Alabama and Georgia. I assume okay. them. Good choices. Um, Ohio State and Michigan. Clemson. Good choices. Clemson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's five. Got that. Um, I, I know Oklahoma state still is cause oh, there yes. was no screaming yeah. and crying here about that. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming USC still is because there was no laughing about that. So you're about halfway uh, there. Yeah. Um, can I get you, can I get you two more out of the sec? Two more out of the sec. It's definitely not the vaunted Vandy offense. It's not Vanderbilt. Yeah, like, no. like no, it's not Vanderbilt. That's wanna, not the only one that I'm watching. <laughs> I just want to say that phrase again <laughs> and as much as possible. Always. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I know it's not A&M. But, no, it's uh, not. That's, that, <laughs> no, no, not there. No, nope. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm running running low on one, uh One, one coach right has now. a one, – one coach, you know, like rhymes with train, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, the lane train. Oh missed. They, yeah, they won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's another team that uh you know it they're they're the they past on, few years. They were on been, the lane train. They, they were on the lane train at one point. They were. They were. <laughs> you know, and then they had some rocky years, but now they're back on top. I fucking hate you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give him hints, man. That's he can't do it. Awesome. Yep. Okay. So yeah, Tennessee. <laughs> so okay. So let's, let's let's get yeah. you back to let's get you back to the ACC. Besides Clemson, oh. there's a team we've been following. It's been we've been Ooh. super excited about. We don't know if they're yeah. good yet or not, though. We don't know if they're good. We have no oh, idea yeah, if they're good. Yeah, with Syracuse's bye week, so they couldn't have lost. Exactly That's right. right. Yeah. So they're uh, they're still there. Going back to the Big Ten East specifically. There's another team in there who I don't know. I could tell you in, when they played this year. They played Auburn. They beat Auburn. That's the only one I know. Um, oh, I, I know this oh, one. Penn State. Yes. There we go. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's go back to let's go back to the uh, 
the Big 12, there was a team this weekend that played another undefeated team and came out on top. Let's see. I knew that Kansas was undefeated, but I'm pretty sure that they are not anymore. So I guess that means TCU is still undefeated. TCU is undefeated. Yes, let's uh, post some more of those weird horn frogs, please, George. Yes, continue. always the <laughs> yes. Hell yeah! I, I like I've seen them all, and every time, like I, I look, look, and then another one catches me off guard every time. The, dude, the one with the dudes, the one where you can clearly see the dude's face in the uh-huh. in the horn is my nightmare. I love it. I think the one the one that that got me this time is somebody replied and was like. Hey, Grandma, you were a cheerleader? Yes. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, I got to hold the horn frog's tail. And it's just like the lady holding the horn frog's tail. And I'm like, oh my God. Thank you so much for that reply, whoever that was. It was amazing. <laughs> so so USC's USC's uh, partner in crime to the Big Ten is also undefeated. Oh, UCLA beat Utah. They oh, did. man. They I did. did not that yeah just yeah. like i mean look at the smile from this byu fan oh, here god, I mean, oh, it's he didn't even know oh, like, like he's yeah, like oh my god that just so been the better. whole weekend it's great <laughs> and then we have we have two g5s left one oh, yeah. is in one is in their first season as a as a fbs school it's gotta be uh uh jmu it is the dukes right dukes are undefeated and then <laughs> Mm. A team that is near and dear to our hearts and played an want, absolute brawl with BYU two years talk, ago. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, the Sea Chickens. The Sea Chickens. The Sea Chickens right. tried their hardest to lose to ULM. And, <laughs> Terry, and, and Terry Stout Boys refused to Terry take Stout it. Terry Stout Boys. They, no, they tried so hard, man. It was. Yes, I was so mad. I was just... Uh. We can talk so about that, that later. Just move so, on. So, just, so, our, un- so our undefeated teams are Clemson and Syracuse in the ACC, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State in the Big Ten, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, TCU in the Big 12, USC yeah, and UCLA in the Pac-12, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Ole Miss in the SEC, and then Coastal and James Madison. Yeah, We're about uh, half of that is totally normal. Half of that is like, <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> there, there are some of those like – uh, coastal is the one that I'm looking at going, they're fine. They're not, they're not, no. they're going to have a moment where they're just going to give up a bunch. Mm-hmm. Like, like another G five team we're going to talk about today that absolutely got taken to by Texas state. Anyways, <laughs> uh, that, that was the game that probably threw me off the most this weekend. Texas honestly. State? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what? I'm going we'll to, I'm just going to start with it. No, you, you just, can start? I just start with it? Because because that ahead, one is the weirdest one to me. Fine, fine. it it hey. messed me up too. Texas State beat App State. <laughs> yep, Go and, and you know what? And you know what, Michael? It wasn't close. <laughs> it was not even close. <laughs> it was like I think it was twenty four oh, nothing at one point. At the half. <laughs> at the half. Oh, twenty four three at half. Twenty four three at I half. Mean, yeah, App wasn't like missing their entire offensive line or something weird like nope. that. No. So I want to yeah. do my bad. I want to do my bad Seinfeld impersonation here. So what's the deal with App State? I, it, so 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 far, they have they have lost to, by lost by uh, they 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 played UNC to a combined 124 points and lost that one. 
They won in College Station. They won with a Hail Mary over Troy. They blew a 25-point lead to JMU. Blew out a their 28 FCS. 28-3 lead. Don't, don't forget it was 28 oh, yes. Yeah, we got we to gotta mention that. It's Atlanta. Yep. Mm-hmm. An FCS, they blew out their <laughs> FCS team. And then they go to Texas State and they get absolutely blown out. It was 36-24 at the end, but that score is just not, it does not represent how lopsided this was. It was bizarre. Since, <sighs> since Texas State joined FBS in 2013, that's coming on 10 seasons. How many winning seasons have they had? I, I don't think any. I don't, I don't think they've been to a bowl game. No. They've had two winning seasons. Dennis, okay. Dennis Franchione. Dennis Franchione? <laughs> oh. Of A&M fame. Of, yeah. Well, you, well you're going to say that, and A&M fans are about to just like lose their mind at you. They're going to they lose have, their mind. Like, they, they, they see that 77 nothing in their heads, don't they? So his his first season at Texas State, sorry, their his first season in Texas State when they were in the FBS, so 2013, they went six and six, and then they went seven and five the next year. Did they go to a bolt seven and five? I don't, I don't think, think so. they went to a I don't think they went to a bolt seven and five. Were they independent? I think they were still no, they were they were so, in the Sun Belt. Okay, but I don't know if they were. There were not enough not ties. Right. I, there's not enough bowl ties in the Sun Belt. That I know that hurt ULM one or two years too. So since then, it's been three and nine, two and ten, two and ten, three and nine, three and nine, two and ten, and last year was four and eight. Best best year they've had in a while. And then they beat App State. App State was just drinking all the beers in the tap room in San Marcos. That's all it was. That had to be. <laughs> they 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 fell asleep on their tubes, got sunburned. Woke up. That's right. it, they were God. they were floating the the Guadalupe before the game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The Guadalupe. I'm sorry. That's a, the Guadalupe. The Guadalupe. Our our game of the week this week was Colorado State Nevada, and you know what? We picked it correctly. My God, this game was like. So I mean, we normally don't like to give it to G5 teams because we don't want to like beat up on G5 teams. We don't punch um, down. Like we very we don't clearly don't punch, punch down. down. We don't want to punch down. We don't want to like make fun of a program. The weird side of football. Yeah, right. It, it, we're, it's all right. We just want to celebrate the weird weirdness of college football. We're not here to like, hey, your team sucks. We're not. We're not, we're not here to do that. Yeah. Uh, and that's not the purpose of the committee. Which I mean, you see the name sickos again. For me, it's just like I'm watching everything like the guy in the meme. That's it. Uh, we are the sickos. So, we are the sickos, not not your team. We are, uh, and if you follow us, you are too. So welcome to the committee. In, in this situation here, we we couldn't pass up this game. Colorado State was winless. Uh, Nevada was was two and four, I think, uh, and their their two wins were over uh, lower FBS teams, and then they got blown out by an FCS team. And hey, then, I mean, you so can't count lost. Texas State as a lower. Sorry, do you know, again, it wasn't in San Marcos, so N- Nevada was able to so, so Nevada calm has down. A, and, Nevada has a transitive win over A&M now. Just. They do? Oh, my God. I, I just realized that. Yeah. Holy. Yep. Oh, oh this is like a live reaction to. I mean, Colorado State with the now has a wait, wait. transitive win over. Who did A&M beat? Uh, no one, no one of value yet, haven't they? No, no, no. But, but didn't they win one in the SEC? They beat Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, even better. Great. 
Yeah, oh, so just add amazing. Nevada to that. And then whoever Arkansas, oh my God, the transitive wins. Let's let's go to my team is better than your team.com. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Yep. <laughs> All right. This season. So this game was amazing. Um like the first first quarter, there's four turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just like you can't believe it. And then Colorado State takes two the two Nevada turnovers. They take the two Nevada turnovers and they turn it into touchdowns. Like they couldn't get anything done offensively. Their quarterback <laughs> at the half, Colorado State's quarterback at the half was one for nine with a point zero point. I'm sorry, point one yards per pass, and he had two interceptions at halftime. This was this was, and they were leading at halftime, fourteen seven. Mm-hmm. This was great. I mean, I, I couldn't. Amazing. We had Petros on the call and, and Alex Foss. It was so great. They were they were thrilled. Like we named this the Sickos Game of the Week, and they like like tweeted it themselves. They're like, "Yes, oh, we're yeah. broadcasting this." It ended up being Colorado State won seventeen fourteen, and it was a tight game the whole time. Oh my Lots God. of weird stuff happened. There was the best uh, the best sell uh, of running into the kicker I've ever seen. Oh my God! Kicker, that's so traumatic. Like, it looked like looked like an Italian soccer player, like grabbing his leg and just sl- slowly folding over. I, I to me, which I thought it was like him channeling his high school acting class or drama class, where he yep. played Hamlet and he 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 got stabbed as Hamlet and then slowly tumbled over to get the five yards for the running into the kicker because it was just one of those slow. T- it wasn't like oh he flung himself. He's like oh they're at my feet. I realized I just missed the kick too. It's like, oh, let me slowly tumble over, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got the flag. Um, the ref here, the ref struggled this game. <laughs> there was, yeah. there was, I mean, like, <laughs> I think it was like third and ten on and Nevada was on their own two, and he scrambles and he makes it to the ten yard line, but somehow Nevada gets a first down. Yeah, all this like the most charitable spot I've ever seen. Oh my god, I've never he never got near that line, and then they take it in for a 17 play, nine 99 yard touchdown drive. It was so awesome when when Nevada tied it up in the second half. uh, All the students shot like confetti cannons to celebrate the touchdown. So the the camera had like confetti flying in front of the camera, and you couldn't really see the field. All you could see was like the score bug that said 14-14. You had no idea why confetti was coming. <laughs> so if you tuned so into good. the game because it was close, you just see confetti everywhere. <laughs> so ridiculous. Okay, so Colorado State has played three non-P5 teams this year. Middle Tennessee, Sac State, and Nevada. Which one do you think they scored the most points in? Offensively? Yes. It was, it was Middle Tennessee. Was it, was it, it was yeah, It was Middle Tennessee, Tennessee where they scored 19 and lost by 15. Well, they were down. I, I, all I do is remember like Colorado State was down 34 nothing, and then they got like some cheap points at the end. Um, yeah. So they like still they, haven't broken they, 20 points in a game. The, you know the fun it's part. Goals. Me, there was uh, the coaches, you know, again, like so Jay Novaro was the former coach of Nevada and he left and went to Colorado State. Um, so he gets a little, I guess, I, I don't know, revenge. I, I, I don't know what it is, yeah, but like, you is. know, a, a Nevada <laughs> coach legend called him the, the green infection or something like that because Ooh. he left. It was just, well, there was a, an instance where somebody left Nevada to go to UNLV in like the 90s and he called him the, the red 
uh, I can't remember the red infection. I have no the red defection or something like that. Sure, and so he named it this. I was like, this is, I mean, this is some bad blood here, which I mean, the, it. The, it felt like there was going to be a fight in the game. Um, mm-hmm. And the coaches were yelling at each other in the pregame. And it was like a remixed song of, of a Mariah Carey song. <laughs> So like there's Blasting like a there's it. like a there's like you know it's like a, a remix of it and then so you hear some like you know rapping on it and then all of a sudden like the Mariah Carey chorus gets involved and then they're just yelling at each other and it, it just felt completely out of place but yeah I think we called this one pretty well uh, I had my doubts but I, I couldn't I couldn't take it off of this game but I, I just couldn't do it and these were definitely two evenly matched opponents my favorite mm-hmm. stat of the game my favorite stat of the game so. The Colorado State quarterback had 28 yards passing going into the last drive. On that last drive, he had 41 yards. So he he doubled his total of passing on that last drive to lead him down the field to get the game-winning field goal. Uh, then on top of that, no, so there's, they're kicking a 48-yard field goal, and then uh, uh, Colorado State false starts. But wait, the false start doesn't count to back it up to 53-yarder because the Nevada coach called the timeout to ice. But then the ice works, and he misses the kick, and then the hilarious running into the kicker. So they move it instead of 53 yards. Now it's 43, and he makes it. And the best one-in-four celebration I have ever seen before is that two offensive linemen picked up the kicker, and they celebrated. And, like, one guy came up to the kicker and just gave him a high five, and and then they put him down. Hell yeah. (laughs) That was it. it. I don't know why that Perfect. It was so great. Congratulations to Colorado State. Now, the only school without a win is is your in-state rival, Colorado. So I'm sure that's got to be sweet. Uh-oh. Also on Friday, madness in Piscataway. Oh, Michael, yes. Michael, the best thing about this game was that Frazier was there. Frazier Kelsey Grammer was there in a, you know, in a Rutgers polo. Is there an explanation? Like, no, I no. He went to, he went to we Juilliard. He went, he went to do Juilliard. We, apparently, do we need any explanation? Like you know, we just saw Kelsey Grammer on the sidelines. Frazier was there, so there's I mean, this thing. Um, I wouldn't need any explanation. No, no like, whatever. Committee, no, we, we got nothing. Kelsey Grammer, welcome to the committee. That's right. Somebody like tweeted at uh, like got a selfie with him. And uh, like Kelsey Grammer was waving, is like Kelsey Grammer is uh, Frazier is a sicko. So welcome to the committee. Of course, we you come to this game. Thank you. Um, I got to shout out Patty Mo on Twitter at Patty Mo. Uh, it's Patrick Monahan, and he does this thing every Friday. Every Friday he does. Thank God I'm Frazier. So TGIF. Thanks God I'm <laughs> Frazier. He does that every week with like a different picture of Kelsey Grammer. Um, so this week he he tweeted. Uh, extremely at watching Rutgers football voice. Thank God I'm Frazier. So <laughs> I, I'm just happy that we got that. That was that was amazing. I, I swear, like the entire timeline was like Frazier's at the Rutgers game. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, what's he doing there? I don't care, but this is great. <laughs> this in this game, Rutgers jumps out to a 13-0 lead going into halftime. Was in control of this game. Yeah, and they lose it 14 to 13. It was it was just something that it was crazy, like the the blackout uniforms of Rutgers and the crowd was I mean a sellout crowd, um, whatever they define as a sellout. I mean, 
the stands looked pretty packed and everybody's wearing black and they were fired up. Rutgers was yeah. fired up. They were not letting Nebraska do anything in the first half. It was ridiculous. And, and Nebraska had two interceptions. Uh, Rutgers couldn't punch it in the end zone more, which would have probably helped, I would say. The Rutgers punter apparently had a, a, a touchback streak that he hadn't had a touchback since 2019. Once Nebraska came out of halftime and they scored, it was 13-7. Then Rutgers lost, the, the punter lost his touchback streak. It was 150 straight punts without a touchback. And once that occurred, it, it kind of felt like the Rutgers wheels were falling off. Like as soon as that happened, you kind of knew it wasn't Rutgers' yeah. night anymore. Uh, because, I mean, their their punter, they, they just felt like it was doomed after that touchback. We, we just couldn't believe it. Like we celebrated it earlier and then like five more punts happened and then there was a touchback. It was just mm-hmm. like their, their, their ace pitcher just like groove one down the middle and he just gave up a home run. It was just unexpectedly and the whole, the whole team just, you know, couldn't rally around the punter anymore. Uh, this when was... you lose the punter, I just, it's there's tough. no way a team can stand up. Can't do it. Just... Nope, can't do it. Uh, tell us about that kneel down, Kamesh. So Nebraska gets they, uh, Nebraska gets an interception to basically seal the game, and they're all excited. And I tweet them like, "Nebraska is gonna win the football game." Essentially, I'm I'm so thrilled they finally gonna break, you know, the one possession curse that that Scott Frost put on them. Yeah, Nebraska nearly fumbled the kneel kneel down. They actually kind of did fumble it. I'm gonna say that. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, basically what Greg Schiano teams do, they try to fire off the ball really heavily right at like the center's knees. And so like the snap didn't make it all the way back to the quarterback. The Nebraska quarterback was able to just like basically fall on it and preserve that because if they didn't, Rutgers would have been right in field goal range. And that could have been the most heartbreaking Nebraska loss, uh, I think, known to man. So they, they <laughs> I mean, whoo. Oh, Nebraska. But they, they got it back. They got their first back-to-back Big Ten win since 2018. <laughs> Shout out to Mickey Joseph, the interim coach. Thank you so much for getting that yeah. win for Nebraska. There, I mean, we were like, these historic records were just falling. And they're like dubious yeah. distinctions. And it, it's just crazy how this was happening. It was, it was, it just, it was priming us for the weekend. Uh, shout out to the also the when we found out about the 1920 match between Nebraska and Rutgers at the Polo Grounds in New York. What was the quote? Beef won the big beef. Beef, big beef, beef won the day, and we found out that the Nebraska beef meant that each player was like 180 pounds. <laughs> like the the total weight was like 2,000 pounds. It's like two, yeah, and we kept trying to figure out. Okay, how many players? Okay, two thousand pounds. How many players are they dividing that by? We figured it was eleven, one side of the ball, and that about one hundred eighty pounds a person. That feels about right for nineteen twenties, and that was that, and that was, was big enough that when they rolled in from from Lincoln all the way to New York, that they put that Rutgers team like they destroyed them. Yeah, the beef wins the day. The beefy boys of Nebraska. Hey, one hundred eighty-seven pounds Lincoln. of beef. That's that's yeah. too much for. That's a lot of beef. We, we we found a picture of the of the 1921 Rutgers team too, and it looks like a bunch of a bunch of people who like haven't had a good meal, 
Like it looks like a team that you're like, okay, well clearly these guys would have been like destroyed by 180 pounds of Nebraska because these guys look sickly and like they've just been smoking cigarettes before they went in there. They all have typhoid probably. Jesus. Another Friday night banger, Houston and Memphis. I'm going to first talk about the absolute insane missed field goal. They were 20 yard. It was a 20 yard field goal. 21 yard. It was was real close. It was like like 23. I think they were on the right hash. Houston goes to kick a field goal and he shanks it left to the point where I, I'm not sure if he hit the, uh, the hit the left upright, No, but if he didn't, he came real close. No, he did not come close at all. I mean, it was an absolute, I have never seen it's, it's, it's it's like me trying to play golf now. Like I will just absolutely like, if you're standing next to me, like even with me, just be careful because you know, that's probably one of my drives or or something at this point, because it'll, it'll go that way. And I had no, I no idea how humanly possible that could have happened. And so I was like, how did he miss it that bad from that angle? But I mean, oh my God, that was, uh, he didn't get replaced by another kicker, by the way. Yeah. The the nice thing about being, about having so many followers now is we have so many followers that do so many different things. And so someone actually tweeted us and was like, okay, so here's what happened. And he said it was a combination (laughs) of the line being unbalanced. So the kicker was slightly off the center of the line, which put him at a weird angle. It was also that the snap, the laces were turned the wrong way, laces out, or it was laces in or something. It was a couple of things that actually led to that, which is, again, great to find out because, you know, I don't know, Dick, about the actual mechanics of football, (laughs) but great to find out those things. Why else was this game weird? Why else was this game weird, Kamish? I mean, I, I, so there was a busted play for, there was supposed to be a, a throwback with a wide receiver. Busted play for Memphis. So he, he's caught out on the left side of the field. Then he circles back the entire side of the, the field and uncorks this throw from the heavens, a lightning bolt that I've, I I barely see top quarterbacks yeah, making it this was, throw. It's insane. It was a dime. The most amazing dime we've ever seen. And just like... So, uh, so I tweeted, I was like, what is this throw? And then somebody's like, well, how is this sickos? I'm like, it's a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, but you, know, just like, like, you don't expect this from why? Well, the, they were like, well, he had to be a wide receiver in high school. I was like, no, he was actually recruited as a defensive back. So it was just like, it was just like yes, it was sickos. I'm sorry. We like good plays too. Don't worry. Also, we also don't have big, to like all the bad stuff. Also a big weekend for players playing out of position. We had, we had a couple a, of times. Yeah. I mean, we had a San Diego State quarterback who was a safety yeah. playing quarterback, <laughs> and he threw for over 300 yards. Um, but <laughs> just crazy. Just, just so you know how this game worked out, this game, going into halftime, Memphis was up 17-7. to 7, And at their highest differential, I want to say, Memphis was up, I think it was, the highest was 20-7. 16. To 7. 16. And, and so then, it was, it was twenty nine. It was twenty nine thirteen. So okay. they had a sixteen point lead. In in the fourth quarter, though, yeah. Houston scores twenty six points. Yep. Combined, they scored thirty eight points total in the third quarter. It was like this game was cooking along, and then just absolutely went stupid. The it last fourteen minutes. points in a minute and a half. Yep. Like, that's how that. That's how that game ended. This this what? was the most 
it was the most perfect onside kick recovery I think I've ever seen. Ever, ever seen. Actually, like Houston, you know what? T- time out. There was a more perfect onside kick this weekend, and we will talk about it, but it wasn't recovered. Okay, well, I'm, uh, recovery is what I'm going for here. Gotcha. So, like, like Houston could have had two guys catch this. I don't know what Memphis was doing, yeah. but, like, the Memphis guys went to block, and then they, they apparently missed the block. And so two Houston guys almost had to fight for this amazing, like, easiest onside kick recovery I, I've seen. I, I can't believe what happened. Dana also went so, through when, when Dana saw that field goal go so left so far, so wide, the reaction was the, like the stages of grief in real time. You saw him get angry and sad and Oh, it was beautiful. So I was just looking at Houston's schedule. They have played six games. Mm-hmm. Five of them have been one score games. Three of them have gone to overtime. Mm-hmm. Their only non one score game was Losing by 18 points to Kansas. Yeah, I don't know what is Houston. I love, year. I love this year. This yeah, year is it, great. It's, it's, it's so year. weird. Such a great year. Yeah, Houston. I mean, Houston is just on fire all the time. Yeah, Houston might be my new have to watch them because you never know what's going to happen in the fourth quarter. Like, yep. They've had they've had three overtime games already this year, mm-hmm. and then this stuff happens. It's Houston is must watch. I, I mean, just for Dana, like Dana's going through it every game too. Like I, I, I mean, I don't know how he's handling it. He, he's he's got to be Lose, losing headsets. He, he, his cardiologist, said, I, his cardiologist, can be the richest man in Houston. <laughs> you know that, like, oh, hasn't seen a doctor since 1980. That is I true. That. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way that Dana goes to cardiologist. What am I talking about? What the hell am I talking about? God. Dana just, Dana just believe in medicine. What are you talking about? If he talked to a doctor at the craps table in Tunica, and that was about the, as far as he got. Yeah. Dana's doctor. doctor is Dr. Pepper, and he only sees him once a year. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? Dr. Pepper has gotten me through many health crises. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, the only thing to say about San, San Jose State and UNLV is that one, they were sorry, two things. One, they beat the living tar out of UNLV. San Jose State seems to be the best team in the Mac West, and I'm not sure what that says at this point. And two, San Jose State wore the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. Not the <laughs> sorry, not the ugliest uniforms I see this weekend, though, because Arizona State played. But no, I'm I, I'm gonna go different. Like they were just so yellow. I love them. God. Like it was just so yellow. Absolutely. Like when we had the New Mexico, New Mexico, like crazy red, like just crazy red. This is like the crazy yellow. It was just, and I don't think UNLV could handle it. it no. Like, you you know, I just said like UNLV, like their retinas couldn't handle that much yellow. And San Jose <laughs> state just, just took it to them. I think the, the, uh, the, the actual team account from San Jose state replied to us. Uh, about the yellow so i was like i i love them like there's not many teams that wear yellow there's like none in the nfl there's nothing but i mean like just straight yellow as a primary color we don't we don't get much of that at all so i mean byu played wyoming enough in their all gold that is true yeah the golden golden brown i think yellow and blue is a little bit better than gold a little bit better so yeah i'm 
this is way better than those Wyoming. <laughs> Don't hurt me, Wyoming fans. I want to come to Laramie, all right? <laughs> okay, Michael, we're going to have to walk you through Iowa, Illinois. How much do you know about this thing? I know literally nothing. I okay. did not see a single second of it. The only game that I saw partial of was uh, TCU in Kansas. And then I saw the second quarter of the BYU-Notre Dame game, which was... So I'm going to give up a safety. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how many yards each team gained. And I want you to guess the final score for me. Okay. Okay. Illinois gained 372 yards. Oh goodness. Iowa gained 270. What was the final score? Um, it's been taking Iowa about 30 yards to score a point. So I guess that they're somewhere around 10. And then I guess Illinois, I mean, you said 370? Yep. That I'd say we're looking like 17 to 10. My goal was 9 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm, oh god I love this game so much. It was so ridiculous. It was it was nine oh. to six. The end zone was the end zone was lava. And the best part was is that when anyone would ever get close to the end zone, something would happen. Fumbles, interceptions, act of God, whatever it was. Illinois in the fourth quarter was staring down the end zone at least twice and just like the interception on the one yard line, shit like that. It was just nothing was working for either team. That was I the one that I, I lost. Yards it. Than Illinois did. Hmm? That, yeah. That's not possible. Yes. It did. Um, uh, <laughs> Illinois starting quarterback did get hurt in the game. So that, that hampered them a little bit, uh, but they did have a, a, a competent somewhat, I guess you would say former Rutgers QB. Yeah. Arthur uh, Sikowski. Sikowski in his like 40th year of eligibility. Yes. Well, I mean, he went from a former Syracuse quarterback to a former Rutgers quarterback. I mean, that's a huge step go. down this year. It is least. definitely for sure. <laughs> yes. No, this was great. I think I scared my family when when he threw that pick on the one yard line because I was like, finally, somebody's going to take the lead. Yep. Illinois scores this touchdown. They put it away, and then he he throws the pick. I just like just let out an audible cackle, and I just I could I can't I'm still laughing about it right now. Like, come on, man, run the ball! It was only first down. There was <laughs> like, no reason. There was, was no, no reason, reason to throw it. That. The play calling was so ridiculous. Like again, after that interception happened, Illinois gets it and they drive it back in. It's third and nine, right? So Illinois goes empty set, empty set, five wides. And then I'm like, what? There's no way they're passing this. And so they try a quarterback draw. Goes nowhere. It goes hilariously wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the Illinois, the Illinois quarterback gets, like, flipped upside down. And he appears to fumble. And then Iowa takes it all the way back for a touchdown. And you're like, oh, my God, Iowa. There's no I, way Iowa just oh, Iowa yep. this one. And they pulled it off. But luckily... For Illinois fans, he was down. His elbow was down before the ball came out after they reviewed it. But that would have been the best Iowa ending ever. And then <laughs> Illinois gets their field goal, and it's 6-9. to nine, And, oh, my God, this game is – we have so many stats that we're going to run through. And, again, Iowa, we are not picking on you. We no. love you. This is like the sickos comes for us all. 
Um, we're here to try to be some sort of therapy for you to help you laugh through this situation because this year is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if you had your hopes on winning a title or a Big Ten title, which is still mathematically possible. I, I don't West know. West is still in play. West is still You're only like a game back. It's uh, who You're knows what will happen. Nebraska. Nebraska, oh, yes. Illinois, and and Purdue. Purdue. Um, yeah, so, huh? that's that's who I picked to win the Big Ten West. That's right. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we had it all this way, but the, through through six games, Iowa scoring fourteen point seven points per game and giving up nine point eight points uh, per game. The last FBS team to score and give up fewer points than 15 per game in an entire season was 1994 Memphis. They finished six and five. So defense doesn't win championships is what you're saying. Um, You may need to score some points. Now there was a series, there was a series where Iowa got a field goal here and we got tagged in this tweet so many times. I was just like, please stop tagging us in this tweet. Um, which it didn't stop. Never, never stop never talking stopped. those guys. Never stop. And, oh, no, I was just like, it was like 30. I was like, I just <laughs> was tweeted great. that. Like, was I was great. just like, I was kind of, I'm watching this game. I promise you. <laughs> like, I am paying attention to Illinois and Iowa. I promise. I know what's going on. I just saw it happen and I tweeted about it. But they kept tagging us in. And it was like Sheehan Jaharachi's tweet. And he was just like, let me, st-. so if I understand this right, Iowa just punted from their own 16. They recovered a muff punt. At the Illinois 35. Then they went three plays for negative six yards. Then they punted. Then they forced a fumble and recovered at Illinois 5. Went four plays for negative four yards. Kicked the field goal. A 15-play, negative 10-yard, 76-punt-yard field goal drive. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, yeah. Go, go, trying go to figure for out it. what happened. Mm-hmm. And the last drive for Iowa, just the way it pops up on ESPN is end of game. Iowa six plays for four yards in a minute and twelve seconds. Like, how do you only get four yards on oh, six plays in a you, minute and you, twelve seconds for your last drive? How, like how you, throwing it down the field? Have you not have you not seen this play? No. Okay. Oh yeah, send, 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 send the last play of the game. The last play of the okay. game was absolute beauty. It was okay, it was the stupidest it. set of laterals I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so it was so beautiful. I mean, I can't I mean, there's there's no way that the game could end any other way. No, it, it had to just, end like this. It was ordained. Yeah, it, like, it had to do it. Four yards past where you started, but at third and thirty-two. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's Here we go. Amazing. All right, I'm posting it in the Discord, and I want you to watch this live reaction. Here you go. Uh, it is going into the Discord. Okay. I just said just an absolutely perfect ending to this Iowa and Illinois game. And I did the chef's kiss. Um, I didn't know if we had that emoji or not, but um, yeah. So you can watch this live and then enjoy. Oh, that is. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the best one is when it's clearly out of bounds. Clearly Obviously, out of bounds. You're... Refs, refs don't whistle it though. No. No. The refs are. They... No, they, they wanted to see how, how they, they wanted to see how far this went. But the funniest part, so, I think, somebody said the most sickos thing is Iowa would have scored a touchdown and then they reviewed it and he was out at the ten. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. Right. They would have let it go all the way. <laughs> they so, so yeah, I had seen that that play was marked as a fumble, um, gaining four yards for Iowa. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, which there was, oh, it was beautiful. They, like there was a part where like, like the quarterback got the ball on like the end zone and he had like a little, like a little swag to him. And he's like, mm-hmm. then he pitched it to the tight end who went the other way. He's like, yeah, we got that going now. And then the game ended yeah. like shortly yeah, after that. No, amazingly, the ball went out exactly on the 16 yard line, which is where the drive started. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh so, my God. way to go, Iowa. <laughs> Jeez. So, there's some more Iowa stats. We're just going Iowa heavy here. Let's yeah, here we go. It. All right. Since we're, the 2017, since the, I mean, they're our number one sickos team. We, we got to support them. They, they love us and we love them. Since the start of the 2017 season, Iowa is 39 and 9 when they score at least 21 points. They have also won 17 straight when they score at least 21 points. So, so Brian and Kirk, uh, y'all need to get the magic number of 21, and, and y'all could win. So that's great. Uh, there is another stat that I saw today. Iowa has seven offensive touchdowns this year. Here are some players that have the same or more. My favorite is the running back for Pitt, who has seven, because he had six last game against Virginia Tech. <laughs> hey, Izzy, I mean... <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm not even oh. going to try. Pitt, Pitt Twitter is going to come after me. But uh, it's Izzy. <laughs> he had six touchdowns against Virginia Tech, and he tied Iowa's offensive production uh, by getting six touchdowns in one game. And so that's equal there. Um, there's a running back for uh, the Brad Roberts, the, like the most generic name running back for Air Force, seven touchdowns. Uh, there's a Vanderbilt wide receiver with seven touchdowns. Uh, that's Will Shepard. Um, you know, I think my favorite one is a Rice uh, running back. It's uh, Ari Broussard. He has eight touchdowns. So, and then a, a Marshall uh, Marshall running back has eight touchdowns also. Caroline LeBourne. It was just like, like these people have more touchdowns themselves than Iowa's offense. I just, mm-hmm. I can't do it. And then again, it's quite romantic, Iowa's offense. So, you know, there was a proposal at the game when it was tied 6-6. Uh-huh. In the third quarter, Jade, I love you. Will you marry me? Jade, if you listen to this podcast or if you follow our account, please tell me you said yes, haha, yes. <laughs> I had to. Uh, last thing I want to say about this game is that Illinois, Illinois is a kicker. His name is Fabrizio Pinton. Fabrizio is a great name. That's a fantastic name. I don't know why he's not kicking it. Yeah, Rutgers, how did Rutgers let them get away? How right. did Rutgers? Uh-huh. Shiano on the hot seat for me. Let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> after all that, whew, getting get the Iowa. Oh man, I'm I, I gotta Iowa, I gotta turn up a fan in here. I mean, this mm-hmm. whew, Iowa. God, I love you, Iowa. This is so, I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like I, I, don't I tweeted a question. I tweeted a question. I was like, why doesn't Kirk Ferentz just run the option? And then somebody was like, no, that's three options. That's too many. You just need to have one solid good option. <laughs> the Iowa fans are not happy. We're just here to give you some sort of joy because this is absolutely ridiculous. You don't control your team. You don't right. control your coaching decisions. You don't control your athletic director. You root for your team, you know, based on where you went to school or where you're from or something like that. Uh, you really don't have much say in to have it, like, control your emotions, like, horribly like this we're, we're here to, again some sort of therapy trying to lighten the mood and just have you enjoy the silliness of college football but i mean this is just absolutely 
ridiculous. What are they ranked? What are they ranked offensively? I got more Iowa stats. Here we go. Uh, total offense. They're 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 131st dead last pass offense. 120th in rush offense. Not bad. Not bad for them. Uh, 127th in scoring offense. Um, and 127th, I believe, over. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Scoring offense 127th and rush offense. Uh, 127th. The pass offense was 120th. Total offense, they're dead last. Sorry, I messed that up. But uh, I mean, we know that they're not going to worry about that because you know Kirk just does not care about offensive yards. As Total yards, offensive yards, overrated. The four teams under Iowa, by the way, in in uh, in scoring offense. That's going to be New Mexico State, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Colorado State. Oh, there's your company. There's your company, Iowa. There's your company. (laughs) But but y'all won ten games last year. Kirk Tito. No, I'm going to stop. I got to stop. Let's let's move on from Iowa. Okay, let's let's, let's turn out of the skid. Florida State, NC State. This one was weird because it started with a 47 minute delay because the lights wouldn't work in North uh, NC State, which feels correct. Only only thing that was interesting in this game to me, besides the end got a little weird, was was it Florida State's punter? It was. Florida State's punter gets the punt, and he's 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 got to be a rugby punter. He has to be, because he runs towards the line of scrimmage. There is grass in front of him going to the first down marker. Yeah, and he has but, a guy right next to him. He has like a blocker right next to him. But he kicks the ball past the line of scrimmage, like. He steps past the line of scrimmage and then punts it. And no one knows what to do. Punt? Yep, an illegal yeah. punt. That's that's another uh, South Carolina State did this earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And and again, I mean, I don't know if the South Carolina State punter would have made it, but the Florida State punter, he had nothing but green grass in front of him. I don't that's know nice. why he just didn't just run. It would have been a first down. I, I mean, I don't know if he was running towards his sideline or the opposing sideline because it was his sideline. You know, they would have been doing the air traffic control. Right. Like, go, go, just go, get the first down. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. It, it was just uh, the I, the interception at the end that killed their hopes. Um, yeah, that, that the ending of that game, they were in field goal range and they threw an interception they in there. They, 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 they lost by two. We we apologize to our, our friend Katie, uh, you know our, yeah, our friend, our friend, uh, and and you know, two time podcaster, yeah. uh, which probably will will go up soon. But you know, we, we're still new at this, so <laughs> we feel bad uh, for Katie. Sorry, Katie. The game was a little silly, got very silly at the end. That interception just absolutely killed it. But otherwise, hey, Michael, how was BYU Notre Dame in the city of sin? Um, well. BYU completed nine passes in the game. That's good. So, you know, that's not what you want when you're. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Well, did you run all over Notre Dame? That's also a no. Okay. Um, No problem. Did you uh, give up a safety in Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, we did that. We did that as well. That's, um, that's, that's three things was, you probably we, shouldn't be doing. Was it a safety after just standing in the end zone, staring blankly downfield for about 10 seconds, not moving? Didn't not move at all. Didn't even just think just about staring. moving. Yeah. That, that reminds no. me of the time that, that I did that in flag football. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was the, the flag football quarterback. 
And um, we're playing in like this outdoor, it's like 19 degrees in, in New Orleans for some odd reason. And we're playing an outdoor flag football tournament. I was the quarterback. My hands are frozen. Uh, also, apparently I was frozen in the end zone because I gave up a safety as a flag football quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and and believe me, I, I did not live that down with my friends for probably, uh, I'd say at least a year of high school. And that was... Uh, so I, I feel BYU's quarterback's pain right there. So, yes, that was pretty rough. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you felt that. God. I, I was like, oh, oh, God, high school memories. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Notre Dame possessed the ball for 40 minutes of the 60-minute game. It, it's not what you want. Um, no. yeah, the fact that it was only a one-score game at the end oh. of the game is – shocking there's no reason for it to be close like uh that was that was miserable and just what byu does you know get all amped up for a game and then hey let's break out the blackout uniforms (laughs) and that doesn't work so i'm completely expecting them to look amazing against arkansas for absolutely no reason oh my god that's next yeah, that's this weekend. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Oh god, that's a weird one. We're we're ranking that one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and neither of them are ranked anymore, so it's perfect. no, not at all. <laughs> I, I hope Arkansas QB KJ is okay though. Yeah, I it it's going to be just one of the most stupid games possible. Oh, it's great! So I can't I'm, I can't wait! Yeah. I can't wait! Uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> so so michael i'm gonna i'm gonna move us on to another game i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some uh some yards and you're gonna tell me what the final score was this is kansas state okay. Iowa State. this is farmageddon farmageddon kansas state had 389 yards okay iowa state had 252 yards okay so, so i'd say probably 52. like uh that sounds like a 31 to 13 it was ten to nine. No, Kansas State <laughs> oh, won. Wow. Kansas State won ten to nine. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, how do you even do that? That's a great question. <laughs> so there was a play that that Kansas State had, and I think it was it was it was a close game, and then Kansas State was like the wide receiver makes an amazing catch. Mm-hmm. And he's running in. He fights off like two tacklers. Then he gets to like the two yard line, and an Iowa State guy like just wraps him up and like punches the ball out perfectly, and they recover it. And that was like the last offensive play, pretty much, of the game. Honestly, that I think <laughs> actually it was just. Uh, I mean, K State fought. Uh, they were playing in Ames at night, which is always weird. Um, mm-hmm. But like it was just such a weird game, and this was going on at the same time as Illinois and Iowa. So the state of Iowa just could not score points. There's a follower who created a flag with the sicko's face in the shape of the the outline of the Iowa State, and it just says <laughs> Iowa Iowa sickos united. So it's just. And I just had to tweet it. I was like, dude, that's it, man. Yeah, I understand. What you're both going through at the time, and oh my god, this is good for K State to win this one. The state of Iowa FBS teams scored a total of 15 points this weekend. <laughs> That's right. There was 
there was six points in the second half of that game. Yeah, it's 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 fifteen more than than a certain team we'll talk about in a little bit. But you know, yep. yeah, uh, save it for braggadocious man over here. Oh, it's gonna feel yeah. so good. Yes, uh, this was interim coach weekend. That's because right. We mm-hmm. had Arizona State win wearing the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. Arizona oh. State, you you have maroon and you have gold, and those are great colors. I don't know why you went with tan, but they, they tried to match the desert sand. Desert oh my god. god, they were there was like it was like beige. It reminded me of like my my grandfather's like 2012 Buick Regal. Yeah, uh, the color. Yeah, <laughs> it's just uh-huh. not. Not a good color. Not good color. But they work, so you got to keep wearing them now, Arizona State. <laughs> uh, another, another. So, so Nebraska interim one. Yeah. Uh, Michael, I'm going to give you a little bit of a shock here too. Georgia okay. Tech, Georgia Tech won. No way. They beat they Duke, and they in OT. They, in OT. <laughs> and Georgia Tech actually almost doubled Duke's yards. Uh, no, not doubled. About 150 yards more than 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 Duke had. I well, can't explain I mean, it. I don't know what's going on here. Um, I didn't, didn't like the coach. That's two in a row for Brent Key. That is. George I'm not going to make a, a bad game? key pun here. I'm not going to do the bad key pun. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying not to do the bad key pun. At one point, no. Georgia Tech was up 20 to 6. Like Duke, okay. clawed, Duke clawed back a little bit. To get it to OT. There was, that last that last Duke drive was aided by like like forty yards of Georgia Tech penalties. Yeah, and the crowd was all just, over the place, just, just livid at the refs. It was like they hated the refs. I mean, they were just booing the refs left and right. Uh, Georgia Tech made their field goal, and then the defense pushed Duke back. So Duke had to try like a fifty-two yarder, and mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Ham he he missed it uh, just a little bit. And uh, you know Georgia Tech wins. That's two in a row for Brent Key. UAB's UAB's interim also got a win. UAB palindromed Mitsu, forty-one yes. fourteen. They palindromed. Oh, him. Titans! Titans! Mitsu just got palindromed. And Speaking then we got of, the, yeah. wait, Go we ahead. got we got the other interim coach we forgot about. Oh. The Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. Wisconsin <laughs> won too. They, they, I mean, they had a blackout at Northwestern. They were wearing their black jerseys with like purple and gold trim. It looked great. And then they, they went down like 35 nothing. Uh, so that didn't work out. Graham Mertz, like, absolutely on fire against Northwestern. Looked, looked like a god. And I have no yes. clue how that, God, I have no clue what just happened there. Yeah. So uh, with everything that we just went over there, I just realized we could be headed to Nebraska Georgia Tech pinstripe bowl. Oh God. Ooh. That's that's oh, wait, spicy. Wait, 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 maybe the Nebraska Georgia Tech Mayo Bowl. Oh <laughs> no, I want them in the Rose Bowl of the East. The Rose, Rose Bowl of the Bad Boy the, Mower. The granddaddy of them all. <laughs> the granddaddy of the them all. Bowl, the, yeah. the bad boy mower Rose Bowl of the East at Scenic Yankee Stadium. I can't, I can't believe they play a bowl game there. It's so ridiculous. Kamish, it's the best though. Yes. I'm sorry that I said that Miami, North Carolina wasn't going to be weird. Oh, it was it was plenty <laughs> weird. I look, look, my mom is from Miami. I grew up watching the hurricanes. And and I mean, they're like, you know, I root for them, but like you could just tell this was gonna be weird because again, Miami and North Carolina, they never play a normal game. Never. No, never. 
it never happens. And it's always some crazy weirdness. Like somebody goes down big and then somehow they, somebody makes a miraculous comeback and maybe they pull it off or maybe it ends in heartbreaking fashion. But uh, so it ended in heartbreaking fashion for Miami this time. Tyler Van Dyke threw for 500 yards and lost. Yes. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Beautiful. It was, it was like his last pass that he was driving him down and it got like tipped by at the front line. So it, it just shot up like, like a rock. Ricochet, <laughs> like, yeah. Ricocheted like 20 yards down the field, like crazy high, way over the wide receiver's head. And then there was like a safety, like right perfectly underneath it and almost caught it like a center fielder would catch like a fly ball. <laughs> and that's how the game ended. Drake May, UNC's quarterback. A single game Detmer of 3.09, two DD, two TDs, two interceptions, 309 yards. Beautiful. We'd love to That's see it. Awesome. Great playing. Wow. What is what is this curse of Scott Frost? Okay. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. The curse of Scott Frost. <laughs> no one knows what the Twilight Zone is anymore. You old man. No one knows that. They've rebranded, they've, they've rebranded the ride at Disneyland to Guardians of the Galaxy now. Like, you don't even have the oh, rides there have, anymore. Okay. Yes, oh, it's a Guardians man. of the Galaxy ride now. <laughs> you, have now you have now crossed into the sicko zone. No, okay. So the curse of Scott Frost. Three teams have beaten Nebraska this year. Northwestern beat them. Georgia Southern beat them, and Oklahoma beat them. Now, following those wins, the teams are combined one and eleven. Fantastic! Gross. So you beat you beat Nebraska. You're probably going to be losing. Georgia Southern is the only one of those teams that has a win. <laughs> so Northwestern doesn't have a win in America at all. They've only won the game in Ireland. That's it. They're still winless <laughs> in America. Oklahoma hasn't won a game, and oh my god. <laughs> the curse of Scott Frost is real. Georgia Southern, they lost to Georgia State. Like I told you that. I, I, I can believe it. I was, Georgia I was State sure. Is I was one, sure. Of, one, of, one of our followers, he always does the hashtag. I think his name's Major. He's like yeah. State Never Southern. And so it's mm -hmm. just like, I was just like, hey, I don't know. But the curse of Scott Frost, they're combined 111. And, and maybe Rutgers was smart to lose to Nebraska. Maybe, maybe they were. True. That's the only way to Shiano, make it to a bowl game. Shiano, like like twelve dimensional chess here, and the punter did the touchback <laughs> to do that. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't watch Purdue Maryland. What? Oh my happened? god! <laughs> what didn't happen? Um, <laughs> this was like the the Big Ten hype game uh, that nobody was really paying attention to. Probably yeah. should have been like the Big Moon Saturday, Big Noon Saturday. But this game was absolutely wild. Like Maryland leapt out to a big lead and then like, you know, Purdue was clawing back and then Purdue seemingly put it away. But then somehow Maryland fights back again and it's 31-29. Maryland goes for two for the tie and they get it. Oh, wait, there's a penalty. Oh, no, they got to tie it again. And then they don't get it. And then Purdue oh. holds on to the win. It was just, oh, no. Oh, it was, I mean, it was classic Big Ten football. There's like, People, Maryland fans are doing Zapruder films of this on uh, of this blocked yeah. extra point that Purdue got, and they're like, they're like, and then the Purdue fans are going back and forth, like he was not offsides, he was offsides, he was not offsides. Like the the snap starts. I mean, if if you got Purdue <laughs> and Maryland fans at each other's jaws, 
in throats, just yelling at each other. This was a fantastic game. It was beautiful. And Purdue now, again, on top of the Big Ten West. Both Maryland and Purdue, four and two. But, I mean, this this was wild. Like, both of them had almost near amount of yards, like 373 to 387. Purdue had three turnovers. Maryland only had one. So, Purdue was being Purdue. And, oh, my God, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I'll say that. Michael, I'm going to need you. We're going to go on to Buffalo Bowling Green. And, Michael, I dropped something in the Discord. I need you to watch a video for me. Okay. This is the, Looks uh, like a field goal for this Bowling is, Green. This, yeah, this is the Bowling Green Faith field goal. Uh, oh, oh, what? Where did they throw that? And I think it was down <laughs> and fumbled it again. And uh. <laughs> So I'm going to say this. Like when, when you know, I, I got my kiddo next to me. And when we start watching, I put up like the the menu at the beginning of, you know, the beginning of the college football day. And I'm like, hey, OK, which game do you want to watch here? And so he looks at the team logos and he picked and he picked this one. He picked yeah. Buffalo <laughs> at, at Bowling Green. And then I was witnessing this live when it happened. <laughs> this fake field goal, like Oklahoma pulled this fake field goal and then got their first down uh, with it. Buffalo tried to, I'm sorry, Bowling Green tried to do the same thing. <laughs> and and the, the kicker ate it, and it was returned. They did not count the return. I don't want to take your fun away. There was a block in the back, which I didn't even see. Oh, I don't even no, know where I, that went. I don't, think, I don't know about that, but yeah, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, Buffalo had these crazy wild plays. Like, they had a 92-yard touchdown run. They had a 98-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Like, Bowling Green could not get in the end zone. They would get it all the way to the end zone. They just could not get in the end zone. And they would just spectacularly fail. And it was just like, oh, my God, Bowling Green. Like, you're killing me. I'm so glad they scored at the end. It was 38-7. I'm glad they got seven because they totally earned more points. But oh, this, this, this was the sicko special that my toddler picked. I'll just say that. <laughs> it's so great. That's so, awesome. So, so Georgia beat the living crap out of Auburn. Like that's like that's what we're going to go with here. Like Georgia just destroyed Auburn. Interesting things that happened. Robbie Ashford is the first QB, Auburn QB, to record a passing touchdown in Sanford Stadium since Chris Todd in 2009. Wow. Wow. And Stetson Bennett went on a 64-yard touchdown run. I have never <laughs> seen that boy run, and good God. But, Michael, the best part about this is Escalante's autocorrect. Because when he so, goes in there and starts cheering about Stetson Bennett, Bennett autocorrects to Bennigan's. Yeah, fine, it was, it was, it was one of my hostages. So, basically, I tweeted... You know, 64-yard touchdown run by Stetson Bennigans. It was just like, (laughs) oh, my God. And so, like, Jordan lost our shit. I just, like, I'm like, what? Uh, And then, so, we had a, yeah, Jordan made a graphic for Stetson Bennigans. So, that's his restaurant (laughs) chain after he retires from his uh, his NFL career where he wins two Super Bowls as a backup quarterback. So, I mean, he's got to have the... uh, Car dealership and the yes, restaurant. Now. Why not? Car dealership, chain restaurant in the Georgia uh-huh. area, Stetson Bennigan's. <laughs> Brian what Harson. Would they, what would they, what would they call the Monte Crisco? You know, the Monte Cristo, like Ooh, the make it yeah. Georgia style? 
Yeah. I think Monty. I think Monte Crisco is correct, and it's just dipped in Crisco. Yeah. <laughs> it's dipped in Crisco. Sure. That's right. So, oh, oh my god. That's it. Yeah, I said Monte Crisco. But that works out. Okay. Another right. era when I'm talking uh-huh. about Stetson Bennett. I swear, I can't right. get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Stetson Bennett breaks the committee. <laughs> if uh, if if you would like to say some kind words to Brian Harson before he gets pulled off life support, feel free. His time may be up very soon. I don't know why he's still there at this point. It's like it's Sunday night and he still has a job. So sure. I I mean honestly, I think when's like Auburn's bye? I mean, I'm trying to hypothesize I, when this happens. I don't know. So they play Ole Miss next week, and then they have a bye for Mississippi State. Oh, sorry, a bye for Arkansas. So. I don't know. I think I was listening to a podcast. I think it may have been Godfrey that says that Auburn uses the old Miss game as a measuring stick. So like, oh, if, well, if it, well, we're going to get whipped by that it, measuring it, stick, it's going to be a problem. I mean, it's just like it's the basically like if we're not beating old Miss, we're in trouble. So I mean, but three and three right now probably should be two and four. I I mean, it's just a matter of time. And again, there's no athletic director, so. I don't, I don't know. There's going three on. and three, and I only see two possible wins. Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's. They're not going to make a bowl this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they make a bowl this year. Wow. How so, did, so Michael, do you know anything about what happened at Red River? Did that filter to you uh, at all? I I do live in the state of Oklahoma, right? So I, when we were out at a farm here. Um, there were some very, very sad people wearing Oklahoma gear and dads in Oklahoma gear were moving their children out of the way so they could take shots on the corn cannon, mm-hmm. which is a air powered cannon that shoots corn out. It's still um, in valor from that's still in valor from Iowa. I'm pretty sure it, um, it definitely is. Um, but they had replaced one of the one of the Halloween decorations that you're supposed to be shooting the corn at with a picture of Lincoln Riley's face. Okay. So taking it, they're taking it well then is what I'm hearing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very well. This was amazing. This was great. This game was amazing guys, because this never happens. I am, I am, I am a passive Texas fan by passive. I mean that I'm from Texas. I have friends that went to Texas. One of my first college football seasons that I really like, like engaged with was the, was the first Texas Rose Bowl year where they beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl. A second year was the national championship. I've been through a lot of bad Texas since then. Whatever. This, this Red River is never this way. It is either a, a stupid game that ends with a five-point difference or Oklahoma blows Texas out. It does not. Mm-hmm. This does not happen. Nope. This never happens. Texas no. does not win this game like this ever. No, ever. Oklahoma is broken and it's beautiful. I'm so I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Good God, I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm so, I am. I am. I am. I turned I turned I turned the game off because there was too much scoring. I was bored. I went to watch something more. I, I, I'm gonna say again, weird statements. I switched to a game that was more competitive, like TCU Kansas. And by the way. Oklahoma opens as a seven point favorite against Kansas next week. Oh goodness. Kansas is going it, to, it's got, it's gotta them. be about, 
Like Oklahoma's quarterback, Oklahoma's playing their, their second string quarterback, not some of it. You know, Kansas's quarterback, we'll talk about in a second. Their Kansas is maybe going to play their second string, so it's not quite sure. But there is no way on this earth that Oklahoma is a seven-point favorite, even at home, against Kansas this year, which is a fucking crazy statement. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I love this year so much. Yeah. Did you want to say okay, the stat, so- Texas fan? You know, oh, I do. Texas fan. I do. do. Oklahoma is shut out for a game for shut out in a game for the first time since November 7, 1998. And this breaks a 311 game storing streak for the Sooners. Okay. So there were three other division one schools to not score any points this week other than Oklahoma. Who was it? Um, You had Dayton. Okay. Three and two Flyers. Oh no, my dad's school. Um, then you had, of course, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You had Owen five Bucknell. Oh, lose 57 on the baseball field. Cross. On the baseball field at Holy Cross. Field. Yep. <laughs> the minor league mm-hmm. baseball field. Uh, where, mm-hmm. the Woo so- where the Woo Sox play. Yep. <laughs> and then you had Owen five Robert Morris lose 48 to nothing to Gardner Webb. So yeah, Oklahoma guy playing a guy. I don't know who those people are. Who's Gardner? Who's Gardner Webb? Who's Robert Morris? I don't know these people. Yeah, yeah. So Oklahoma, it fits right in with Dayton, Bucknell, and Robert Morris. Yeah, perfect. They're, they're all on the same level. They're broken. Man. Oklahoma's so broken. Texas, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech was a really good game. It was back and forth. But there's only one thing I want to talk about. I learned that you can fair catch an onside kick this weekend. Yeah. If it doesn't bounce, yeah, you know, so 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 apparently it can hit, even hit the ground once. I put I put the rules in here. Um, oh. A fair catch of a free kick is is a catch by a player of Team B who has made a valid signal during an untouched free kick. Additionally, the rulebook states that during a free kick, a player of the receiving team in position to receive the ball has the same kick catch and fair catch protection, whether the ball is kicked directly off the tee or is immediately driven to the ground, strikes the ground once. And goes into the air in the manner of a ball kicked off the tee. Why does nobody else know this? I don't know. But Gundy afterwards was apparently like, that was pretty smart, huh? It's like, I can't argue it. Yep. Uh Congratulations, Mike Gundy. You're a fucking genius. And and the best part was when they did that, because he threw his hand up real fast. They they practiced this. And Uh Texas Tech recovered the onside kick. Like, it was a great, like, they recovered it beautifully. Normally, Texas Tech, because it was a surprise onside kick. It was it was like in the first quarter. Yeah. It was really early. Yeah. And and Tech recovered it beautifully. Like, like you couldn't have more textbook. And all of a sudden, all of Oklahoma State's guys start throwing their arms up because they knew what happened. Because the guy who had the ball went right for him, he threw his arm up immediately and called it. Called it fair catch. And even better, Tech got a penalty for interference. Because they ran into the, they ran into someone who called for a fair catch. That's just that rule needs to be changed. That's that, what's the that, point of an yeah. onside kick? So so apparent. So this one was like was was shot in the air a little bit. Like it wasn't it wasn't rolled on the ground. And mm-hmm. the idea basically is that you're going to have to either roll them on the ground or they're going to have to ch- change the rule. Because yeah. as it's as it's written, they can't they, like people will keep doing this, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um. I also made the mistake when looking this up, went into the text ags forum about people arguing about this play and Jesus Christ, it was, it was a combination of like they cheating and 
uh, what was it? It was, oh, this isn't how it works. And someone posted a rule. like, well, that rule's wrong. It was just, it was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was going to end up being about the NFL fair catch free kick rule, which yeah, no. I want somebody to do that. Right. No, totally different. This was, this was bizarre. I've, I've never seen it before. And Mike Gundy gained the system. That doesn't surprise me. Mike Gundy's also the, probably the guy that doesn't think he can be arrested because he's, you know, sailing in his, his car is a boat. It's not a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> Soft sit Mike Gundy actually fucking read the rules once and actually got it working. God. Uh, TCU Kansas was an absolute banger. Like this was the best game. Like for me, best game start to end of the weekend. Uh-huh. Kansas's quarterback goes out early. They bring on the mean bean machine. Former UNT quarterback, former North Texas quarterback, and he acquits himself very well. Like I mean, he beat Texas last year, so. Mm -hmm. Right. And like this game comes down to the very end. TCU looks really good too. Like there's there's nothing to say about this game really, except that both teams looked really good, and I I hope Jalen Daniels feels gets better. Yeah. Um. There's a couple of different things that you rematch. In the, in it the might, Big 12 title be, game. It might it be. It absolutely it might be. A, that was a great game. Fantastic. Back and forth. Just a blast. There was the, I love the tailgating ambulance that we saw. Yes. It was the, uh, <laughs> it, on the side of the tailgating ambulance, it was, it was res KU. So like rescue, but spelled with res KU. It was beautiful. Awesome. Also, we wanted to shout out, I think it's at Mike O. At, it's um, Mike O. It's Mike O. He had the Sickos game day sign where he actually physically drew out the Sickos guy. It had the yes, haha, yes on it. And then he painted like in the KU on it. So it, it was just beautiful. So thank you so much for doing that. That's again, we're getting some game day signs. This is crazy. Yeah. Like we had the other one. So Michael, the next one I'm going to tell you about is Bama A&M. I'm just going to tell you the score. Alabama 24, A&M 20. I mean, I, I, Knew Bryce Young was injured, so I'm assuming he didn't play. Uh, and that was, so, and that's basically all of it. Like right there, like that's yeah. that's why this game happened the way it did. Alabama gets about 400 yards. A&M gets about 350, and it looks like A&M is going to score. They are marching down the field. End of the game. It's going to happen. And then, no. So so they're marching down the field. And then there's a pass interference call that gets them to the with, two with gets them to the two with one like, play left, like three seconds left. Yep, and they're down by four, so you got to go for it. And Jimbo calls. I don't even know. It it was it was a pass that was already short of the end zone, like by a yard and a half. And some of it was, and some of it was that, so I, I watched Nick Saban did a great breakdown of it. Uh, like, like actually like on screen, like, 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 like with the X's and O's. And he, yeah. he had, he had told that uh, it was the, uh, uh, the D back to like, to push the A&M receiver down and inside, down and outside to force him out of the end zone. So that was part of it, but it was just the worst. It's like, yeah, I, the worst Jimbo's play call you can imagine. Jimbo basically tried to throw it to the front pylon, basically in the corner, the short side field front pylon. Um, that's what he wanted to do. Even if the AM guy caught it, he, he probably wouldn't have got the ball in the end no, zone. No His way. feet would have been in the end zone. 
but his feet could have been in the end zone, but he would have fell out of bounds short. You know, A&M's fans are going to be like, there was pass interference on that one too. So I understand if you're mad. I'm, I'm still mad about the Ohio State-Miami game in, in 2002. Yep. So, I, I, you know, I'm still not, not happy with that. But hey, I understand. Bitter, let it go. Uh, but this oh, was... That's a dumb play call. This was, I don't know what the play call, I didn't like, I just see a tweet go out from the account. It was like, what was that play call to Bob? And I'm like, do we have an A&M member? <laughs> do we have an A&M member of the committee? That was me. That was absolutely me. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, who was that? I was like, that had to be Jordan. The best, and the it best was, was, it was. The best was like, like, like as A&M's marching, I tweet out, this is going to end on some stupid bullshit. And then. <laughs> it did. I, and then I just responded, I, I retweeted, I was like, I told you. Everybody's uh, like, you I'm called just, it. <laughs> the committee yeah. called it. Uh, Alabama if, had four turnovers this game. Wow. Three fumbles and an interception. That's uh, and so three fumbles and they lost all three. Like yeah. that's that's insane for Alabama. Uh, they just they you, just kept oof. you can't turn the ball over four times and and still win. Yeah, they did. So they they did. Congratulations, AM. You're breaking college football. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't I, I don't know what would happen if AM would have won this game because then then Texas State would have had a transitive win over Bama. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> been, again, that would have been great. Um, you know, we get that transitive win, like, you know, App State beats AM, but Texas State beat App. So it just uh man, this year is so wild. I don't like AM had their backup quarterback who can run and is fast. Yep. And not that necessarily great of a thrower, but like him and the running back just kept fumbling it. And it was just like the worst ill time fumbles just to keep the AM in it. Like they, they would have handily beat AM if they didn't do this. But I mean, they were trying to, and then had Bama kickers, I think he missed like two or three field goals. It was bad. like, it was a, it was but a Bama recipe. Kicking is back. Bama kicking's back. They're fumbling, and it's just like they—they they purposely. I mean, it just seemingly just wanted to give this one away, and and A and M just couldn't take it. Some other wow. games, you know, through a little quickly. UCLA six and zero, and they beat Utah, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> UCLA may be good. Awesome. They they won forty two thirty forty two thirty two, and that's that's closer than it felt. Dude, UCLA I, I, had this game in hand. I yes. can't wait for that USC UCLA game UCLA to feel like they are top of the world. Everything's going their way. And then as what always happens when UCLA feels good going into the USC game, it all falls apart. They lose there's, by like 40. There's the game. Hold up. It is at the Rose bowl. Ooh, I don't know if they, if, if they can get some fans there, it might go. <laughs> All the fans that show up to UCLA games are just USC fans who couldn't afford to go to the Coliseum anyways. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. We don't have a ton of Pac-12 fans, but we have some. I'm going to leave that in. Uh, Oregon State, Sanford. Oregon State wins on an, a catch at the last second where the Stanford secondary just stroked out. I'm, this is I'm the one. Give that, you this one. Yeah, this is the one where I am about to fall asleep, and then all of a sudden, this is like, oh wow, Oregon State's within two now. What? Okay, this is weird. How did that happen? Because they were, 
And then, like, Stanford goes down and they get a field goal. So it's 27-22. Oregon State's got maybe, like, a minute or, like, you know, like 58 seconds left and they're down five. Um, They start driving and they get to midfield. And then there's, like, they – the backup quarterback, because the starting quarterback for Oregon State, Oregon State was, uh, you know, he was playing the whole game. So he just basically throws it to the Oregon State receiver. And I don't know what happened, but it looks like he caught it off, like, the side of the Stanford quarterback's helmet. And as he's trying to, to catch yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, as he's trying to catch it, like, the Oregon State wide receiver, like, pulls down the D-back's face mask a little mm-hmm. bit. But like the safety's right there, and then all of a sudden the Oregon State wide receiver has the ball, and the safety's He's like, gone. "Wait, how did he catch it?" And then they're chasing him down the sideline. There's 13, 13 seconds left, fifty-six yard touchdown for like Oregon State, and they they take the lead, twenty-eight twenty-seven. They just kneel for the extra point. Uh, they didn't even care. My favorite part is this: after the quarterback like throws this, the quarterback has the he's just running down celebrating. He's doing like the weird, mm-hmm. like wacky, waveable, inflatable uh-huh. man arms the whole time. Like, oh my god! And he's and then he's like looking back, and he's like, "Is there a penalty? Is there a penalty?" No, he's making no sure. Yeah, he's like, "Oh my god! I can't believe it!" It's just it was so ridiculous. It was so awesome. And then that's why I couldn't sleep for two hours after that. So I was just like, I was falling asleep. You know, I was just like, I'm, this is the last game of the night. All of a sudden, bam, that happens. It was like, what the? Beavs. Go Beavers. Be- Beavers are currently the team with the longest unranked streak, I believe. Yeah, now they are. So yeah. they, I think they should be, they should definitely be good for a top 25 peak soon. I Keep mean, winning, Beavers. We'll get you, we'll end that streak. We'll get you there. Let's see. They've got uh, Washington State, Colorado, Washington. Oh, they're Cal, gonna win! Arizona oh yeah! State. Oh yeah! They're gonna win! Yeah, they're yeah. they're 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 good for two stupid losses in there, but they'll win three or four of those. Yeah, they're they're gonna be like a nine-win team headed to the Oregon game. Like, they they should be in the top twenty. Uh, Michael, you know how rough how Navy's been kind of having a rough year, just having uh-huh. to get the points. Yeah, uh, Navy Navy beat Tulsa fifty-three to twenty-one. Oh, I can't even possibly fathom how they did that because they don't score this year. Navy, no, they don't. Navy had 508 yards total. How many of those were passing yards? Oh, oh my goodness. Like, uh, I'm going to guess like 70. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so Navy couldn't even get 500 yards rushing. That's a shame, Navy. <laughs> Navy's Navy's quarterback went one for six, nine yards. My my favorite stat of of this after this game. So so Navy scored fifty three points against Tulsa. They outscored themselves in every other game besides this one combined in this game. <laughs> so their first game against Delaware, they scored seven. They scored thirteen against Memphis. They scored twenty against East Carolina. I'm sorry, twenty three against East Carolina. They scored. Uh, 10 against Air Force, and then all of a sudden, here it is. 53 out of nowhere for Navy. And go, going into halftime, it was, Navy was up 36-14. Like, they did their heavy lifting early in this game. It was great. Navy's 2-1 and one in conference? Like, conference yep. title is not out of the question. 
after being that miserable. Yukon mm-hmm. has their first win streak since 2017. They beat two FBS teams back to back, New Mexico State and FIU. Next week, they play Ball State. Could be three. I'm Could just be. saying. Could be three. Maybe. The Husky Revolution moves on. Husky, Husky Revolution. The FIU Do you want a revolution? The FIU TV broadcast still looks like absolute <laughs> trash. No white balance. It looks like someone recorded it on VHS. It looks like when I used to record like Disney afternoon cartoons because I wouldn't get home in time. I'd watch, I'd rec- we recorded the same tape over and over again. So like duck, like all the episodes of DuckTales I had were just like warped. That's what this looked like. <laughs> No, it's it's like one of the you do those dramatic things where like everything was going well, and then it wasn't. It's like black mm-hmm. and white. <laughs> like UConn yep. scored a touchdown, and so you see it from one angle, and then on the other angle, it just changed. It was like, and then <laughs> UConn. It, it, whenever they switch, whenever now? they switch cameras, it just made me laugh so hard. Because, it was great because the cameras like. <sighs> You know, are they matching brands? I don't know. Are they matching Definitely decades not. on their camera? Absolutely not. <laughs> it looks it looks like an old webcam from like 2005. Like it looks like that. It looks like it should be updating one frame every two seconds or something like that. But that's what it looks like. <laughs> Tulane's five and one. Why aren't they ranked yet? Rank them. They beat K-State. I mean, come on now. Rank them. Rank Tulane. Rank them. They beat, they beat East Carolina. I mean... Their defense is mm-hmm. great. Rank them. I mean, rank the wave. Let's go. The waves came for the Pirates, as historically right. they have. Kamesh, I'm sorry about this game. ULM had the chance to beat Coastal at home. So uh, earlier today, everyone who's listening will be happy to know that I'm playing with some advanced punting analytics. <laughs> uh but the worst punt that. of the weekend by by adjusted EPA was Coastal up eight late in the fourth, punted from ULM's 37 and punted it oh. for seven yards. <laughs> so and and what did and what did what did ULM do with that gift, Kamish? And they drove it down and failed on downs. I mean, it's just that was the story of the second half. Yeah. So Coastal was up 28-14 at halftime. This game started out crazy. It was like touchdown, 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 touchdown. It was 14-14. Coastal gets it. Uh, then it was ULM serve. And then all of a sudden, like, ULM gets down inside, like, the 15 of Coastal, and they fumble. Uh, then Coastal takes it back. Um, they drive down right before half. It's 28-14. And so I'm like, oh, I mean, ULM's defense showed up. They made adjustments. They shut down Coastal in the second half like it wasn't yeah. nothing. Like Coastal didn't do anything. They were stuck on 28. ULM, the quarterback, Chandler Rogers, he started the game 19 for 19, like 19 straight completions. He mm-hmm. gets all the way down to the Coastal 1. It's 28-21. He's down to the Coastal 1, and he throws his first incompletion. And I'm like, oh, so Coastal takes over. Then ULM gets back in the Coastal territory, like within like the 15. It's like fourth and two. They fail on fourth down. Then they do it again. They get inside Coastal's 10 on fourth down. They fail again. And I'm like, Terry was incredibly conservative uh, against Lafayette. Against Lafayette. But then he goes crazy aggressive here. I understand not going for the field goal on the one, but maybe you kick a field goal on the 13. 
I don't know. Uh, the kicker was kind of banged up last week, so maybe that's why they didn't do it. So I, I don't necessarily know. But, I mean, this was a close one. Coastal was favored by 13. ULM covered. So, you know, great teams cover. So, um, they, hopefully. But this one hurt. I thought they had a shot to do it. I, and they just kept – they just couldn't convert that tying touch. If they'd have got the tying touchdown, I think they, ULM would have won. But they just so couldn't too. do it. They couldn't do it. I think so, too. Damn, so close. So close. <laughs> uh, Clock Commander of the Week. We got two options here. Brian Kelly managed to call two timeouts on the same play. That's that's a nominee there. I, that was uh, when the LSU game started to go wrong, which, I mean, I, I, I say that probably went wrong from the kickoff when LSU fumbled the kickoff. Oh, yeah. Uh, LSU fumbled their first kickoff, and then it went from there. there. Was, there was something on Message Board Geniuses that said that Tennessee had an EMP that caused the LSU person to fumble. It was on. The, it was close to their sideline. That's what caused the fumble, and that's sure. what let Tennessee recover it. Now LSU's listening to science. Fuck that. They put a picture of the 1998 Arkansas-Clinton Sterner fumble, and they said that there was an EMP there, too. That's what caused mm-hmm. the Arkansas fumble, and that's what allowed Tennessee to win the national championship. So, uh, if you got LSU message board folks on Tiger Droppings uh, mentioning that there's an EMP on the first play of the game, things are probably not going well. And then Brian Kelly uh, is calling two timeouts on the same play. Uh, also, we have Greg yeah. Schiano. Uh, Rutgers managed to call two timeouts to stop the clock. They called another right before the next play. So they, they're trying to basically stop Nebraska from running out the clock here, which it it didn't make any sense at all, honestly. And, I mean, it didn't necessarily bite Rutgers. They threw an interception. Um, so, I, I don't know, two timeouts on the same play? That doesn't really happen too often. Yeah. So I, I'm leaning towards uh, Brian Clock Commander yeah. Kelly. Yeah, give it to Brian winner. Clock Commander Kelly. So Shiano is the the runner-up, the silver Clock Commander. Uh, he gets a smaller clock, but um, <laughs> the Clock Commander of the week we're going to give that to Brian Kelly. Commish, anything in FCS you want to mention? One last thing. One member of the committee wanted to mention that Maine, the Black Bears, got their first win of the season, and all he really wanted us to say is that. The defensive back that got the game-winning interception to seal it. His name is Austin Ambush. Beautiful. Great name. That's I'll it. also throw out an FCS. We had a weird score alert. Princeton beat Lafayette 23-2, to which hadn't happened, I think, since 69, maybe. Michael, anything else you got to say for the week? No, I am good. I am... You feel caught up? Just, I, I feel caught up. I... I don't know how awake I'll be by next week because that's another week of <laughs> another another week of newborn life. Yep. Yep. Kamish, <laughs> what you got? No, just thank you for joining us, uh, Mike. Well, I appreciate it. I know you got the the two, and then you got the crazy uh, crazy stuff going on there. So I mean, I just I cannot imagine the lack of sleep that you're going through right now. So I appreciate you staying up late, and uh, I believe this was a third or fourth attempt at recording the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll it see, saves. We'll see, how, we'll see how much of the pieces I can get from the last couple. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll see if it saves. Hopefully, we'll this will be jumbled together, like uh-huh. like uh, patchwork here. So I, I'm not going to say anything else. But you know, the sickos infected the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. So again, happy yes, haha, yes. And uh, y'all enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll, we'll be back a little bit with the preview for the next week. And hook them horns. Woo! <laughs>